0: Hey ya, Mike. Hey, Susie. Do you know about fundraising everywhere? Psh, what do you think? I live under a rock? Of course I know. Fundraising Everywhere is a friendly online community that provides professional development, peer support, and networking for fundraisers and future charity leaders. Gee, you're a real whiz kid. What about Everywhere Plus? Do you know what that is? Well, Susie, that's gotta be... Well, surely it's... Well, I, uh... Oh, Mike, no sweat. I'll help you understand. Everywhere Plus is a virtual events platform and project management service that works with companies, charities, and not-for-profit organizations in the charity sector. They have the team and the tech to help folks go virtual for all their important events. They've got a custom-built platform that includes hybrid events, breakout rooms, space for sponsors, and multilingual hosting. Not to mention polls and Q&A, branded live streaming, and even a virtual recording studio. Well, hey, that's pretty hip, Susie. I think I'll go check it out right now. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Hello, my name is Nikki Bell and I'm the co-founder of Everywhere Plus and welcome to our spin-off podcast series, the Charity Virtual Events Podcast and what we'll be doing in this Fringe Podcast is speaking to virtual and hybrid event hosts, curators, thought leaders, professionals, so that you, the fantastic fundraiser that you are, will have the tools and confidence you need to move ahead with your virtual events. Hi everybody and welcome to the next installment of the virtual event masterclass. My name is Nikki Bell and I'm one of the co-founders of Everywhere Plus. We are the virtual event platform for the charity sector and we are the only virtual events platform uh, that's been built for charities. We've been kicking around since 2019 and our goal is to always make virtual events successful and easy to host. Um, We have between us and the team over 50 years of charity experience um, and it's really important to us that when you host virtual events it's to connect with your audience and get the best possible outcome and we look after all of the tech uh, from start to finish and um, so that you can take care of your guests and it's really lovely to have you here with us again uh, today for another free webinar that will help you host awesome virtual events and today we're going to be looking at webinars um If you've joined us at one of these events before, welcome back, thank you uh, for joining us, especially if you are already uh, a host on our platform. Uh, And if you are new, just a little bit of housekeeping for you. Uh, This is completely live. um, So if you want to chat to me, you can pop that in the chat box, which you can see there on the right-hand side. Um, If you need one of our team, uh, the email is hello at everywhereplus.com. And later on in the session, we are going to be heading into the breakout room. You can see the button underneath the video there where we're actually going to have a live workshop. Um, Myself and Simon will be able to answer questions that you have that are specific uh, to your organisation. Um, So today, like I said, we're going to be looking at how to host successful webinars. And the reason why we are putting on uh, this event is because we've been obviously keeping an eye on what trends are happening across the sector and across the virtual event space. The good news is uh, the amount of events that we're hosting and the amount of guests that are coming through to these virtual events remains unchanged almost uh, to where we were this time last year and and towards the end of the lockdowns at least. Of course, the pandemic's not over. Um, But what we what we are seeing uh, is that the duration of engagement um, for uh, your guests is changing of course they have like offline lives now and there's so much virtual content available but also the power of the webinar and the possibilities that it has for the charity sector are huge and I'm going to be going uh, into that in a little bit more detail later on Um, and we do already have webinars that we've covered already where we look at content so the types of event uh, and how to do those Um, this event uh, Today is obviously going to look at the logistics part of it. Um, so, if you want to go on and, and watch uh, that other webinar, you can do that's everywhereplus.com, and you just click the virtual event masterclass in the top right hand side, and uh, and you can get you can get that webinar. Um I do believe that uh, Simon is here as well uh, and Amy I can see who's popped along to the webinar so if you do want to say hi please tell me uh, who you are uh, and where you're joining us from uh, charity wise and location wise in the chat box because it's always nice to feel connected to you uh, that way so it would be nice uh, if you could if you could go ahead and do that and make sure that it's working and and then uh, and keep Simon keep Simon going there and, and chat to him. Um, but while you do that let's uh, see what we're going to cover today. So, of course, uh, like we do on most of these events, uh, we're going to kick it off with the why. You know, we're fundraisers. That's really important to us. And we're going to be looking at why webinars work and how you can use them in your organization to help with the particular goals or to overcome some challenges maybe uh, that you have. And then we're going to get into the gritty of it. So how do you plan, market and host these webinars? When should you be hosting them? How long should they be? When should you launch them? Those kind of things. And then, like I said, after about 20 minutes, half an hour, we will just pop into the uh, breakout room where we will have a live Q&A workshop with you um, and we'll just delve into those bits in a bit more detail and answer any questions that you have relevant to your organisation. Um, And just to, there we go, just make it full screen. That little line there was uh, annoying me on the the edge. Um, But just to confirm today, the webinar, uh, the definition of which that we're looking at is a seminar conducted over the internet, typically one hour in duration. Um, There will be points on this where I can add a little bit more information if you're looking at hosting a virtual conference um, or another type of virtual event, um, just to add a bit more context to it. But for this specific uh, webinar today, We are looking at, well, webinars. Um, And of course, if you have any questions, you can pop into the to the Q&A afterwards. And of course, you can pop them in the chat box and we'll have them ready there for uh, for when we head into that. So hopefully that's all good uh, and that makes sense. Um, And now we're just going to get cracking now with uh, with the why. Um, So we are seeing uh you might have seen on, on social media over the last couple of weeks uh people's frustration with instagram uh, probably myself included um at the moment we are kind of at the mercy almost of these third-party platforms um they are great obviously for building engagement and building communities but as we've seen with instagram all it takes is for another platform to pop up that has different features and the one where you've built your community can just change overnight and you're having to learn new ways of doing things and and uh and, and and new ways of engaging and often you know this can be quite time consuming to be across and, and manage all of these different types of platforms webinars are great because they allow you to take people from those third-party platforms onto your own lists where of course you can nurture relationships which is important in itself as well because as we're seeing um with the rising cost of living uh, and donations new donations are going to be affected there there's a huge opportunity for us to be able to nurture relationships uh, with our existing donors. And of course, with the mighty mailing list, uh, that's where we can do that, of course, if it's done well webinars are great as well because they're a great tool to be able to share complex information it's also a great way for us to be able to share information that people will then retain so there's research already that's proven that when you learn new information through a video format that you retain more of it I think it's like 90% more than you would if you read it in text but this is especially good for charities who often might be launching new campaigns or sharing updates that when written it can be quite difficult to comprehend unless you're in that world whereas a video of course um, can bring people in you can answer questions and you can involve them in that training and that conversation and on that note as well around the building relationships and trust um It's not to say to replace any kind of written or online communications that you have, but it's to add a layer to it that enhances um, the the communication. And, you know, you can meet staff, you can put a face to the names and and a voice and you can meet people on the front line and you can meet the people um, that the organisation exists for. So it, it just adds another layer to this that actually brings people into that space. Of course, it goes without saying that it helps with bigger reach. Uh, with webinars and and with uh, testing and things like that, which we'll get into a little bit later on, um, you can actually broaden your uh, reach beyond the geographical boundaries that you're restricted to with with in person events, uh, all the people that you have on your list already, it helps to expand beyond that. And also, from a marketing point of view, anything that you host on, on your webinar can be repurposed. You can take snippets out and use them on social media. This particular webinar will be used as a podcast on the Fundraising Everywhere Fringe podcast. And um, so we can use that there. And of course, we can turn the information into blogs uh, as well. And we can use it to go and chat with other people in their channels and bring people back to us and build the list. So it's so much more than just a one hour thing thing when uh used you know um, uh, with bigger picture thinking and long-term thinking there's so many more things that you can do uh, with your webinar um and as we showed in the research that we launched in april which feels way more uh, than just three months ago 73 percent of charities that used uh, virtual events did actually reach or exceed their fundraising goals and they are going to keep them as part of their fundraising mix so there's lots of reasons why we should be doing uh, webinars um but also that just we've normalised this communication tool over over the course of the pandemic. And for me, I used to be a community fundraiser. I used to look after the northeast of England for the British Heart Foundation. And I remember the time it would take to go around all of these supporters or when you had a corporate and they had um, uh, offices scattered all around the the country. A webinar or or a virtual uh, meeting or event was a great way to bring people in. But pre-pandemic, it was kind of... I don't know, just not really um, used as much. And people found it a bit weird, but now it's normalized. So we should be totally jumping on that as fundraisers and keeping that communication method going uh, and doing more with it. And um, so I'm just popping back to the uh, the chat box there. So I've, I've already said hi to Amy, nice to see you. And we have Roseanne. Dan, MC. Oh, Michaela. There we go. I quite like MC though, MC Michaela. Uh, we have Jake and, uh, and Nikki T uh, as well. So it's really nice to have you all here with us uh, today. It's really lovely to, to see you. I'd love to hear from you, like what you, um, what kind of webinars perhaps that you're planning um, or what it is that you're here today to learn about, um, just so I can make sure that I include that in the discussion that we're having today as well, if it's not covered there already. um. And just another couple of reasons why we should be including webinars uh, in our uh, fundraising programmes for the you know remainder of this year and beyond is that they do actually work. Now, this is B2B um, uh, stats and, and this is uh, information that's come from um, a research organisation called Blog and Wizard. Um, but 73 partic- 73% of participants to this particular study confirmed that webinars were a great way to generate high quality leads. Now, in our case, obviously, we don't want to be referring to donors as leads, or you know, they're, they're people. They're, they're people with stories. They're people with connections. Um, but what it proves there is that it does work in bringing in people who are going to be highly connected to your cause and what you're all about. Um, As I mentioned before, around the stewardship and the build and trust part, and um, 60% of businesses find that using webinars are a great way to look after their existing customers. And again, you know, if we replace customers with with donors as supporters, people, it's the same thing there. And we already know that companies in the corporate sector tend to be a little bit ahead in this space than us. So we should definitely be keeping webinars included in our programs now, just so that we can keep up and keep uh, in, in front of our supporters' minds and keep in touch with them. Now, the costs of a webinar can vary widely, as you can see here. So, your basic platforms um, and and with DIY delivery, that, of course, is going to be on the lower end uh, of the cost scale. Um, But there are obviously potentials where you can go up to a more professional, low-stress services, which, of course, will cost more. That might be, you know, you rent a studio with the lighting and the sound, and then you stream that onto a platform. That might be you know, beneficial for some particular um, uh, events or webinars that you want, might want to run. But if it's just a Q&A between your staff and your supporters and, and your donors, that's totally fine. Um, you can uh, strip that back. It's actually, I, I find it's, uh, it's, it's, helpful when it's a bit more authentic you know i it's the school holidays now so i have to hide in the upstairs room rather than downstairs where there's like a better background and and better lighting um but when we have sometimes especially as charity organization too flashy a setup for kind of more stripped back events it can kind of jar with the purpose that we that we're aiming for there so that's entirely up to you and your budget and for transparency everywhere plus the platform that you're enjoying today's webinar on costs there started around approximately 480 pounds uh, based on today's exchange rate because it's in euros you don't pay a vat uh, and that uh, so that that's the the price that we would be starting at for for there now the types of events let's pop back here and see if anyone said anything no you haven't go ahead and tell me the kind of webinars uh, that you've been hosting at your organization uh, and see if they match with any of the the ideas of the events that we've been running on the platform Um, so since 2019 we've actually worked with charity organizations from around the world uh, on their webinars and virtual events Um, we've done I'd say about nearly a thousand now for almost over 500 uh, organizations and the types of webinars that, that have been hosted of course a tour so if you uh, popped on to the webinar a little bit earlier you would have heard one of the air ambulance teams talking about how they hosted um a tour on our platform so they were actually be able to bring their corporate audience in uh, to one of their hangars uh, and give them a tour of, of that which was brilliant of course they're a great way to bring your org Archives and and storytelling to life if you have lots of uh, stories and um, people um, who've been involved with your organization for a very long time. Of course, entertainment is actually a growing trend. You've probably seen that, you know, with TikTok, people love to be entertained. Webinars are a great way to be able to do that because they can just add like a layer of um, fun and interaction uh, to your communications. Special experiences. Um, So, we're actually in chats with um, some organizations at the moment that are doing a wine tasting and cheese tasting evening um for their high value donors and that would involve sending that out to them in advance and then having uh, the interactive experience on online of course we've touched on q a's um these have been fantastic and it's not just q a's with your ceo or your staff um i've seen ones done with uh, the rnli and they had uh, the lifeboat crews uh having questions just thrown at them for half an hour uh, and they dealt with it really really well and i love the rnli i think they're a great organization that does fantastic thing with uh social and, and video uh, and again that was just a really stripped back uh thing over an hour uh but it brought people into into their space um and and added a bit of uh, text to, to, to that, um, partnership launches, as you've heard already, um, they're a great way uh, to, to do this in training, exactly like we're doing today. Um, and like I mentioned with uh, on the previous slide, just research findings. Um, when or if you are, so we, we obviously work with businesses as well in, in the charity sector, um, and when a research piece is launched with a webinar you do get more downloads to that piece because people want to come onto something where they can have it presented to them in a way that they're more uh, likely to understand um, and that they're able to interact with but also they're they're more likely to actually engage with it. Uh, If I was sent through a massive report um, that was like 27 pages long I'd be like I'll get around to it eventually whereas a webinar it has a fixed date a fixed time I have it in my diary the time is blocked out there I know how long it's going to take and I am actually going to engage with that and then the written report itself um is a backup from that and it works you know when it goes back to the building the list part the research that we launched uh, in april that you know in, that trebled uh our uh list of, of of people uh that we're able to keep in touch with now about virtual events so it definitely works and might be relevant um, for your particular organization um let's have a little look the chat box is tiny now because i've made it Little, so bear with me one moment while I come to your um while I come to your comments. So Roseanne would like to do hospice tours as well as volunteer engagement and training. That's fantastic, Roseanne. My first charity job was in a hospice, um, and we whenever we gave a tour to anybody, we were able to take them into the building, you know, meet the receptionist, see what was happening. They gave money they said yes to whatever it is that we were going to ask them for and um we were always really frustrated that we couldn't bring more people in so a webinar is a perfect place to be able to do that because you're bringing people into a space in a sustainable way that's not going to like upset the families or the nurses um so i think that's that's absolutely wonderful and i'd be happy to chat with you about that uh, in the in the workshop q a at the end um dan is looking at different options for events uh for the events team to include in the portfolio of activities As you're a pretty small team again happy to help you there Dan and we've been obviously fundraisers uh, before we look after everything for you so we'd be happy to to answer any questions that you have about that um, and help you as well like match any existing programs that you have that can be enhanced by virtual rather than you having to complete anything from scratch because often that's where the the work and the overwhelm comes from Uh, MC's Michaela has done trustee recruitment training I love that and that would be great Michaela if you could tell me did that actually open up um, who you were able to recruit as a trustee, because I'm always interested uh, in the in the use of virtual events and meetings to actually widen uh, what trustees are available to you and go beyond just the local community, which, of course, is great for diversity. So that would be fantastic if you could answer that. Um, Amy said it would be great to host a webinar about the different areas of our charity and different ways to fundraise and best practices to follow. Exactly. And to be honest with you, Amy, you could host that once um, and just have it pre-recorded and play that out and then just have a live Q&A at the end as well, which could save you time. Um, And I'm just reading these out because, like I mentioned before, this webinar will be repurposed as a podcast. So it's great for anyone listening audio only uh, to be able to see what they're missing here. But definitely think smart on that, Amy, so you're not having to repeat yourself every every single time and uh, natasha's done a recent webinar sharing headlines from the annual report love that like who? I mean, there probably is people that sit and read an annual report. Not me, but I'm sure there are some people. Um, air ambulance teams did a fantastic uh presentation webinar of their annual report, and they did a road show. Uh, it was hybrid. Um, they interacted uh, with the audience. They did a thank you song. There was a tour. Absolutely loved that. So really well done to you for for doing that. And hello, Manon. Uh, It's lovely to to meet you. They've been hosting quarterly webinars on their programs. So they work with trusts and foundations and looking for something different as they tend not to attend. Okay, um, it would be great for you to tell me either in the chat box or in the workshop afterwards what you're already doing uh, and then perhaps we could uh, give you some extra suggestions as well to uh, increase engagement on those. Uh, and finally, uh, Nikki D is already using webinars for training but wanting to figure out whether they can be used for small charities I support to help them on the communications and fundraising efforts. That's fantastic. Um, so yes, uh, what we're going to cover today is going to be helpful for um, what you've mentioned here. So that's absolutely fantastic. Um, And we will get right on then uh, with the the main part of the show where we will look at how... Uh, you can host virtual events uh, that people will attend in terms of logistics. And as I mentioned before, if you want to look at content, please join us in the workshop Q&A at the end. Contact the team at hello at everywhereplus.com if you're listening to this back later, or on everywhereplus.com, you can find our existing webinars as well. Alrighty then, so let's get stuck in. So, and uh, yes, the irony is not lost on me um, that Thursday is the best day to host a webinar. And I'm hosting a webinar about how to host successful webinars, not on a Thursday, but I'm off tomorrow. Uh, so that is the the reason why. Um, but if you do want to maximize attendance at your webinar, it's really important to think carefully about when you're going to host it. Okay, um, and there's no size fits all uh, for this approach. And the best thing is going to be to think about who is this particular webinar for. Um, but obviously, it, it, general as, as a rule of thumb, not Mondays and Fridays. Like it doesn't matter who the audience is. Mondays and Fridays tend not to work. Thursdays are your best. But if you can work between the the, the Tuesday and and Thursday. Um, uh, booking. Test different days uh, to see what works for, for you. And again, like I said, think about your your audience, um, especially when it's coming to the time, in which I'll go on to uh, in just a second. And When you're planning events, again, think about timing. So I'm very aware, again, the irony uh, that this webinar is happening in the first week of the summer holidays. And it did actually have uh, an impact on the amount of people that registered for this particular webinar. But it's okay because it's a webinar. It's recorded. We can use it again. We can promote it again for people to be able to watch on demand. And of course, it's going to be a podcast, but it definitely proves there that school holidays often are a tricky one. The run up to school holidays. Or, or general holidays uh can be uh can be a bit quiet and especially within the first week of people coming back so just try and put yourself in the attendee shoes what is the their life what is their capacity like uh, and of course try and plan around that rather than squeezing it into your program uh, and what works for for you uh, and i know that's really difficult um, but planning in advance which we cover in one of our previous webinars can help you uh can help you get that right um, so looking at the timing, uh, again, this is really important to think about who your audience are. Um, I'm just going to move myself here just so you can read the rest of the, the writing there. Um, so think about where they are. Think about the, 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 the demographic. You know, are they working? Uh, are they likely to be caring for somebody? Um, are they in different time zones? Because um, we have our events of so Fundraising Everywhere is a a, a training community for fundraisers. And those events happen on the Everywhere Plus website. Uh, And we host them, so they start at 12 or 1, because we do actually have quite a lot of people from North America that join us on the webinars. So hosting at 11 o'clock is too early, but 2 p.m. can be too late uh, for a UK audience. So we kind of find a sweet spot in the middle here with the 1 o'clock. Now, to go from a charity perspective, um, the Stroke Association held their stroke assembly on the Everywhere Plus webinar. And this was a series of half an hour webinars that happened every Wednesday. I can't remember the exact time of it now, but it was around lunchtime, mid um, mid uh, early afternoon. And they, they hosted them for, for 10 weeks. And the reason why they picked that duration Uh, of of webinar and the timing was because they knew that stroke survivors um, got more fatigued through the morning and were more likely to nap around the lunchtime space. So they knew that early in the morning they would be busy with life, they would need uh, to rest, and then they were more likely to engage on the afternoon. And the feedback that they got from stroke survivors who attended those events was wonderful because previously they had been kind of missed out from a lot of the activities because they weren't able uh, to attend in person. And just on the subject of of length. um, So this is the ideal uh, webinar length um, and a a good benchmark to aim for when you're planning your particular event. Um, So typically with webinars, uh, they're split up into around 45 minutes of of, of programming. So you'll have a short presentation uh, and then a short Q&A with a call to action at the end, which might be, you know, join up. So you've given an, uh, a Q&A and, and they've met, you know, the London Marathon team and they've heard from other marathon runners about how they raise money. And now you want them to join. That would be the call to action uh, at the end. But if you want to, like, scrap the rule book and try something different, then, uh, of course, you know, um, chuck that out and and and, and try something different. Uh, it's best to go for a shorter time frame rather than the longer one for your webinars. Um the statistics here, of course, say that 41% of attendees feel that um, 30 minutes is an ideal run time. Um, but again, I just want to give you a bit of a, an example from Fundraising Everywhere and what happens there. So Fundraising Everywhere, obviously, a virtual conference. Um, and what we found, this might kind of complicate it a little bit, is that people told us that they wanted a webinar format but more people actually then uh, attended for something that was a bit longer and a bit more in depth. And we found that that's because of the training. So when you're looking to like teach someone something, you know, include them in something, maybe it's an induction, maybe it's staff training, maybe it's a conference uh, to uh, upskill your peers, then of course a longer format is better. If you're looking to in- connect, engage, call to action, fundraise, then the lengths here uh, are, are absolutely fine. But again, test it uh, and and see what works for, for you as well. Um, and then just keep an eye on it. Because, you know, uh, much like social media, the trends and the ways that people want to engage with these things can shift uh, over time as things change as well. Now, this statistic has remained pretty much unchanged um, since, you know, the beginning of of, of webinars, especially when we started doing them in 2019. Um, For your conversions for your webinar sales page, you're looking at around 30 percent. So 10 to 30 percent of people who land on your on your sales page will actually register for your webinar Of those registrations, 50% of those people will then actually attend on the day. That is normal. Please don't panic about it. From our perspective, what we need to think about then is getting the stewardship right. And that's why it's important to be able to know who attended your webinar. So that post event, you can segment that data and communicate with them accordingly. Now, the good news is, is that with the events on our platform, people do come back and they do watch them. So what happens on Everywhere Plus is once your event is finished, within about an hour or two, the uh, whole event is available for people to watch back. And we create a seamless experience by just having it on the same event site that they would have had to have used to come to the live one. And people do, they come back fairly quickly as well and they engage with that content so don't worry about the 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 50% that aren't there with great communication and stewardship uh, and with a platform that can facilitate that quick turnaround people will actually come back uh, and watch that later on but do bear that in mind when you're communicating with people post event that they might not have actually been there so think about your word and think about the timing uh, and think about the follow-up on that as well now, this is, uh, this is uh, again, this has remained uh, unchanged, since especially since we started doing things. When there is an opportunity to have a live discussion or interaction with the hosts of the event, more people will attend your event. Um, and that's why, you know, you will get higher conversions and higher attendance when it's somebody that's, I don't know how to define it, but like exciting, you know, someone that they might not usually um, have uh, an, an opportunity to, c- to connect with before. Um, we know that our supporters want to feel part of something um, and we want to make sure that our webinars are not just a broadcast. We want to bring them into it. And um, so, again, work with a platform that allows for that to be done seamlessly. Um, what I love about this platform is that I can speak to you now, I can present to you, I can you know talk to you in the chat box, but then the actual discussion and the Q&A part comes later so that I can focus on this and quality and giving you what you need. And then we can move into the more kind of ad hoc, like let's jump around stuff uh, later. And that's good for you as well if you have uh, any attendees coming to your platform you can kind of like manage where and when that interaction happens and one of our team obviously is in the background making sure that it all goes seamlessly and aside from the experience part of it as well it adds value you know we are here to share with you um what we know but there might be different questions that you want answers to that are specific to you so the q a portion uh, or the interactive uh, element of your of your webinar make sure that people take away from from the webinar and the event exactly uh what it what it needs. Um just coming back to the chat box there just to make sure I haven't missed anything. Thank you for clarifying on that MC. Um lovely. So what it means to be trustee is received the and received a great diverse results so, so far. That's really good. Thank you for, for letting me know about that. Love it. I would love to see how um like interactions and, and uh with webinars know on these platforms because we can simulcast as well to social media with with your webinars as well doesn't have to just be on on one platform and i would love to see what that does for opening up to new younger audiences uh, as well and how that changes uh, over time so yes uh, let's definitely keep an eye on that and and see how that see how that goes Um, Now, so you've thought about your webinar um, and when you want that to be, how long that's going to be. You combine that with the knowledge from our previous webinars that looks at content. Now you want to actually make sure that people know about your webinar and that they're going to come to it. Um, So the majority of people who will come to your webinar are going to be from your mailing list. And it's kind of like a chicken and egg, because if you need your mailing list to get the people, but you need your webinar to get the mailing list, You can see where I'm going here, but how you grow your mailing list, of course, there's other methods that you can do that. Um, there is you know featuring in external publications on podcasts uh, it could be that you run a hand raiser uh, on social media to get people to join your list but for your webinars people are, are primarily going to convert from your mailing list and again that's been consistent over the organizations that I've worked at um, where we've uh, been promoting uh, webinars for them and, and quadrupled uh, and trebled uh, mail lists with the humble webinar um, but the actual registration part of it itself will come through your through your website. Um, now, this doesn't have to be super fancy. Um, we there's lots of different like variations of a, of a sales website. Um, if you're doing like a full blown conference and you want people to pay and come. Obviously, your page needs a little bit more thought on that because uh, you'll have to have like a countdown timer and maybe, you know, the highlight uh, speakers that are going to be on there. But for a webinar, which might be around stewardship or it might be around engagement, just having like a single page of, you know, when it is, what's the time zone, is it going to be recorded what are the accessibility um, functions that are already available and what do they need to do to get more? And what are the key takeaways that they're going to get from this particular webinar is enough. And ideally, pictures of your speakers as well, just to humanize that. But all of that uh, is is fine. You don't have to go too overboard on it. Um, your launch and uh, your launch email and your one day to go email um, are going to be your most successful converters on your mailing list. So make sure that you don't miss those out and make sure then when you launch your uh, webinar that you have as much information about the webinar as possible at, at, at that point. Um, if you've hosted the webinar before and obviously you've got previous content, maybe videos and highlights you can show people, then great. But if it's new, try it at least have, you know, the speakers, the program uh, and who's going to be there, because otherwise it's going to be really hard to convince people at that point. Um, and for the event professionals amongst you, I am sorry to say, but the majority of the signups do happen really close um, to your uh, event day. And I know that can feel really stressful, um, but people will come. So if you're two weeks out, three weeks out, and the numbers are still in double digits, it's okay. It's normal. And Typically what we found with um, our events is that numbers would double uh in the in the three weeks prior. So if we had 50, the next week we would have 100 and the next week we'd have 200. um And especially in the height of the, the the webinar space, we would actually see the majority of people uh, registering um the, the the day before. Um and obviously you know it depending on your audience again you might need to give them more notice especially if it's corporates or high value people. Um, you may need to give them a bit more time just to make sure it's in there. But that's okay because obviously then you can use the reminder emails um to to um to keep that front of mind Uh, and there's tools as well. And I I wonder if Simon could uh, pop it in the chat box for me, because the the names I think it's eventable, but maybe he could pop the the link in the in the chat box for me. And but we use um, a a platform called eventable and we just pop the link um, in the email. The, the confirmation email and then they click that to just add the event straight to their calendar um, and you can put the the date the time what it is where it's going to be and then the reminder um, so again that can increase the chances of um, of people coming to your event um, reminders as well are really important um, to get people to come so at least it seems like a lot but if you remember most people don't read all of their emails anyway so when someone's registered make sure that they get a one week to go or one day to go and a one hour to go email and um, you can just duplicate the existing copy and just change like the word and the time on it just to make it easy for you but we need to be reminding people uh, that this is going to come and of course you can use tools like I think it's eventable uh, to pop it straight into your calendar it is eventable fantastic thank you we're not affiliated by them Uh, it's just the one that we that we use um and the thing with webinars as well is that I mean, again, they are normalized a little bit now. People kind of know what they are. Um, but what we want to do to make sure that people come to your event is show them what to expect. Um, now, if possible, um, so again, thank you. I can see a couple of messages from Simon in different places saying, yes, it's available. Um if it, if, it, if it's possible for you, I would recommend doing it on alternative platforms than Zoom and Teams. The reason being is because, as we've covered in previous webinars about this, they're just not very engaged in our exciting platforms. Most people use them for work, and that's the association. If you can create a teaser video and show them that this experience is going to be different, it's on a platform that's fully branded to us. You can move around. You can have different experiences based on what you want. People are more likely to come to that because it seems more exciting. It seems more engaging. And you can also do a teaser video as well, which just looks at the um, the topics uh, or the speaker. When we have people coming to speak at a Fundraising Everywhere event, after they've done their presentation, some people obviously pre-record because they're not available on on event day. Um, They just record like a little 30 second teaser for us to to be able to put it on social media so people know what they're gonna talk about. Um, Of course, uh, you can upload it to other locations. You can make an event for it on social media or on LinkedIn. That does have a a great uh, turnout uh, as well um, for for, for our events. Pop it in your email signatures, put it in your thank yous, put it in your blog articles, writing a blog about The event um, and its aims is a really good way to get people to attend because, again, it helps them understand what they're going to take away. But remember to do like a wrap up blog as well and direct people back to the on demand content. Um, You can use affiliates or influencers as well. So basically people have. People who have bigger lists than you but are connected perhaps to your cause or topic, they're a great way uh, to extend the reach of your, your webinar. If your webinar is a paid event, then with affiliates, you can actually say to them, you know, you can keep 25% um, of what you uh, bring in. But when they do that, of course, they need to uh, highlight that it's an ad uh, when they're promoting that through their own channels. Um, if you have budget, massively recommend using paid ads. This is the same as any other fundraising activity. The more you put into it, of course, the more that you put out, uh, put, get out of it, sorry. So if it is something where you're looking at acquisition and it's big numbers, look at paid ads to see what you can do there to, to test them. Um, And most importantly, and this is something that we need to get better at as well, I guess, is around hiring a copywriter. Whilst it's important to be able to say to people what they're going to take from these webinars, there's just something about the art of words. Um, And it takes a very skilled person, whether trained or whether they have just this natural ability to convert. Um, So if possible, work with a copywriter who can really capture the beauty of your event and what it is that people are going to take away from it so before I share with you some bonus tips before we go into the breakout room I just want to reiterate here just what I've been sharing of this whole virtual event masterclass virtual events have been proven to help charities reach more people, deepen their relationships and raise more money. They are an effective tool to help the charity sector overcome a lot of the challenges that we're facing at the moment around sustainability, diversity, the rise in cost of living. And it's really important that we keep these in our fundraising programs and not just rush back to something that we're used to because things have changed. It's not 2019 anymore. There's a whole world of opportunities available uh, to you and there's people out there, including us, who can help you uh, to get this right. Um, And I massively encourage you to continue um, with your quest of hosting successful uh, uh, virtual events, much like you're here uh, to do today. Um, And of course, we're thankful to you for that. Um, so, just some bonus tips uh, before we head off into the breakout room. Um, so, even if the main goal of your uh, webinar is, um, you know, you want to bring uh, new supporters in, you want to convert, you want to fundraise, whether immediately or in, in the long term, your supporters aren't going to appreciate an hour-long sales pitch. There has to be something in there that offers value to them. So, whether that is, you know, the value of feeling appreciated or thanked or noticed, or whether it's meeting somebody that they might not have had the opportunity to before or being given an experience that wasn't previously available. There has to be something in it uh, for them. Like why are they going to give half an hour or an hour out of their day uh, to sit on their computer and engage with you? So really think about that. Um and we've actually found as well that the educational aspect uh, of webinars is is a key driver, so people love to learn um, and especially if it's a learning um, that can that can benefit them so just an example from the hospice um Uh, the hospice fundraiser who's with us today, um, all of our nurses um, who were uh, working at the hospice, of course, were trained in like difficult situations and and difficult conversations and and dealing with bereavement. And one of the ways that we engaged our corporate partners was by getting these nurses to speak to these corporate uh, business owners to teach them how to have that compassion and empathy within their leadership and and their teams. Um, And that's a great thing to be able to kind of bring into a webinar space because then you can bring more corporates in, you can pre-record stuff, with your very busy nurses um, and it's a great way to be able to kind of link up that educational uh, and that connection aspect um, for it um and it's important as well that you use a platform where you do have a facility where people can come back uh, and watch it because of course not everyone is available at the same time we need to be mindful of people that have other responsibilities um and uh, and 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 you will have more people registering for your event if they know that they can watch it later on. Uh, I'll come back to it later. We cover this in a previous webinar as well where we go into more detail, but when you're planning your webinars as well, think about accessibility and diversity from day one. It's really important to have representation in your events and that fully uh, represent uh, your communities and the people that you exist for Um, and from an accessibility aspect as well. that you know we should be including everybody uh, and and accessibility is a is a right not a not an afterthought so do uh, watch that webinar or listen to the podcast actually I think it got repurposed into a podcast um about how you can do that better and of course use a platform that enhances uh, experience it creates a frictionless experience that people can actually enjoy uh to be on and uh and to get in involved with um so that's the presentation part um, of uh, the this afternoon over with and so as I've mentioned already uh, the webinar is going to be sent to you it'll be available on this exact same link uh, that you've come to today obviously it's live so it might take a little bit of time to buffer but it will be there for you to watch for another 30 days it will be a podcast and of course you can contact contact us as well and um, so i'm nikki at fundraising everywhere or hello at everywhereplus.com to answer any of your questions and thank you for being here